Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about how quickly people's brains adapted to having a robotic third thumb, how measuring time increases the entropy in the universe, and how to scope someone out by seeing how they judge others. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Usually, people use prosthetics to replace a body part that they've lost. But what if you could use prosthetics to gain extra abilities? Would that even work? Well, according to a team of researchers at University College London, the answer is yes. People trained to use a prosthetic third thumb not only learned to use it, but could do more than they could before. This was a venture where art met science. Designer Danny Claude designed the robotic thumb for her graduate project, which aimed to reframe how we think about prosthetics as an extension rather than a replacement. A group of neuroscientists at University College London happens to be investigating how the brain adapts to bodily augmentation, so they teamed up. Here's how the thumb works. It's 3D printed and designed to be worn on the opposite side of the hand from the real thumb. You control it by pressing on wireless pressure sensors under your big toes, kind of like the way you would press a pedal on a sewing machine. 20 right-handed people put on the thumb and learned to use it over five days. In their practice sessions, they performed tasks that required using their natural hand together with the third thumb, stuff like picking up several wine glasses in one hand. Between their practice in the lab and at home, each participant ended up using the thumb for an average of about three hours per day. The volunteers quickly advanced to tasks that require more control and coordination, like holding a teacup while stirring it with the same hand. Using the device became so seamless that they could build a block tower while blindfolded. We'll link to a video in the show notes where you can watch the thumb in action. Brain scans afterward were even more surprising. Typically, each individual finger corresponds to its own distinct pattern of activity in the sensory and motor areas of the brain. But after training, the participants' brain activity patterns all became more alike on the hand where they wore the thumb. Participants themselves echoed that. They said the robo-thumb had truly become a part of them, and that they felt like something was missing after it was gone. But the brain changes faded within a week. This could mean that the hands-on tasks of the future, from factory work to brain surgery, could get a little help from prosthetics. It really gives being all thumbs a whole new meaning. What makes clocks tick? It seems like a weird question. But if you ask a physicist, they'll give you a weird answer. That answer is entropy. Entropy is a physical property that describes the orderliness of a system. And entropy always increases through time. In other words, an ordered system becomes more disordered. Take your morning cup of coffee. It's easy to mix coffee and cream together, but it's basically impossible to unmix them. That's thanks to entropy. Because entropy can never go backward, neither can time. That gives us the so-called arrow of time, time flowing in one direction. You can think of a clock like an engine. To create ticks, scientists have to use some kind of an energy source to power it. More energy means better accuracy, but it also means more entropy. 
That means that all clocks generate entropy to tell time. Wild, right? But a new paper from a team at the University of Oxford tells us that there's a peculiar trade-off when you try to make the clock more accurate. Increasing the clock's accuracy increases entropy even more. To measure this trade-off, the team created a tiny clock made from a 50-nanometer silicon nitride membrane integrated into an electric circuit. Why so small? Well, because it's easier to measure entropy the smaller and simpler you get. The clock ticked by moving the membrane up and down. They then measured how regular the resulting ticks were. That's how they figured out the clock's accuracy. The more regular the ticks, the more accurate the clock is. And it turned out that they needed to increase the input energy to make it more accurate. What did that mean? It meant more heat energy was dissipated, and therefore, more entropy was generated. Scientists aren't yet sure whether this is a fundamental aspect of how any clock might function, but if so, it would deepen our understanding of time. Even if the result holds for just this kind of clock, the results are useful. Exploring the thermodynamics of nanoscale systems like this one is relatively new and might pave the way for tinier clocks that could be used in many electronic devices. And understanding the accuracy-entropy trade-off is an important component of these designs. But remember that the next time you're procrastinating. With every tick of the clock, there's more disorder in the universe. Let's say you've recently started a new job, and you're attempting to suss out the new co-workers. After all, having work friends is crucial to both your happiness and productivity, but how do you stealthily find a way to distinguish friend from foe? Well, according to a 2010 study, you should ask them what they think of their own co-workers. Research from psychologist Dustin Wood and his colleagues shows that how someone sees the people around them reveals loads about their own personality. People tend to see their own traits in other people. If someone generally has positive things to say about others... Chances are they're pretty satisfied with their own life, and they're well-liked by the people around them. The study also found strong links between a person's positive judgments of others and that person's level of enthusiasm, happiness, kind-heartedness, emotional stability, and capability, both as judged by them and by other people. So if your new cubicle mate has only nice things to say about your team, then they're likely best work friend material definitely keep them around. On the flip side, seeing people negatively indicates a greater likelihood of depression and various personality disorders like narcissism. Ouch. Even if your boss is an actual psychopath, a coworker who regularly speaks ill of them makes them more likely to harbor antisocial personality traits. And the good news, according to researchers, is that finding a way to get people to see others in a better light could be one way to treat these personality problems. Anyway, let's get back to the being stealthy thing. How should you frame this personality-revealing question for your coworker? Well, it's as simple as asking how they like working with a specific coworker. If their answer is positive, you just made a new friend. You can thank me later. All right, well, let's recap what we learned today, starting with the fact that people's brains adapted really quickly to having a robotic third thumb. Participants in a study could perform advanced tasks with just a few hours of practice every day for five days. 
Brain scans showed that their brains had literally changed to adapt and participants felt like something was missing after the study when they had to give the thumb back. Turns out our brains are pretty adaptable. I've read articles and I think I think I've seen a TED talk where someone talked about how they view prosthetics as an augmentation and then we shouldn't always think of prosthetics as like something I can't do. Like someone with with a, a mechanical leg might actually be able to do things that people with a regular leg can't do. So we as a society, I think, would do well to not think of it as necessarily a disability. It's a different ability. Yeah, for sure. I once saw a really cool exhibit at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago where it was a bunch of just like wearable tech. That was kind of what the exhibit was about. But they had a whole section full of prosthetics. And there was one prosthetic that was made by a little girl who was missing part of her arm below the elbow. And she had made this unicorn glitter cannon that she that she could wear on her arm. It was so cool. Yes. I'll have to link to that in the show notes. It's very sweet and just the coolest thing. Love it. We also learned that the better a clock is in measuring time accurately, the more entropy it creates. Entropy describes the orderliness of a system, and ordered systems become more disorderly over time. It takes more energy to measure time more accurately, so when more heat energy dissipates, more entropy is created. I just, it, this blows my mind, and I know, Cody, you're not on the same page as me, but like, it's <laughs> like entropy and time are interconnected. And the fact that the more accurately we measure time, the more entropy is created just blows my mind. It's like it's not supposed to happen that way. You're not supposed to add disorder to the universe just by measuring that disorder. You know, it's weird. Right. Like if I take a tape measure to measure my office, it shouldn't make my office bigger or smaller. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. I guess that's cool. I, I'm not... I had a hard time understanding it when you first mentioned this idea to me. That's all. <laughs> and I now have to revise this idea I've had for years. I had this idea for Entropy Man, the worst supervillain. <laughs> and Entropy Man just turns on all the burners on his stove. And that heat dissipation contributes to the eventual heat death of the universe. So he's increasing entropy in the smallest most completely unnoticeable way. So now I'm going to revise it. Entropy Man not only leaves his burners on, but he also is a scientist who designs really accurate clocks. And he's like a Lex Luthor kind of a guy. He does a really good job marketing them. And then he becomes this billionaire. And the more clocks he sells, the more money he has to design more accurate clocks. And the more of them he produces, the more entropy is created. Worst supervillain ever. Cody, I, I think it's actually a pretty good supervillain. Like, I feel like you just wrote the first issue of his comic. <laughs> right. If you're listening and you have any connections to the comic book industry, especially people that can draw, because I am not that person, let me know. And we learned that if you want to kind of judge someone for yourself, I'll stealthily like, just ask them what they think of other people. We tend to see our own traits in others, and research suggests that if someone has positive things to say about other people, they tend to be pretty satisfied with their own life and well-liked by others. So give it a shot. Have I mentioned how great it is to work with you, Ashley? You have, Cody. You're pretty swell as well. Can we also caveat this with, like, you're allowed to dislike a person. 
Yeah. We had one coworker I disliked and we had one coworker that you disliked. So that's okay. No, yeah, you're right. It's not that you have to say nice things about everyone. It's just that if you have a tendency to find fault in every single person around you, eh, it might be you. Burned. Yep. Sick burn. Did that sick burn <laughs> contribute to the entropy of the universe? <laughs> it sure does. Are you entropy man? <laughs> I'm entropy man. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Today's writers were Steffi Drucker, Brianna Brownell, and Anna Todd. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Scope us out tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And if you don't, that's fine. I know you're busy. We've got a lot going on. You know where to find us when you can. No judgment. And until then, stay curious. <laughs>